to all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach McCoy. And it's your boy, Trav. <laughs> I wasn't we, even sure if you were going to say your last name correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Throw you off sometimes. Uh, we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar the podcast, the show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history, try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong wrong that's normally what we do but we're doing the tuesday show with Thorsese, not tuesday i'm gonna restart this i am <laughs> fucking tired of all of a sudden. <laughs> hello all you beautiful people out <laughs> leave it in. <sighs> hello all you beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman um zach mccoy and it's your boy trav and we are your oscar crouches and welcome back to the oscar worsty podcast thursday show with Thorsese, the show where we discuss the oeuvre of a perennial Oscar bridesmaid and knower of cinema, Mr. Martin Scorsese. And what are we watching this week, Zach? This week, we're watching Casino, where Scorsese, De Niro, Pesci, Sharon Stone, and a lovable bunch of gangsters are just tearing stuff up and raking in the cash in the neon capital of the world. Very nice. That's what they're doing. Is this everybody's first time seeing this film? No. No. Also, no. Does anybody remember the first time they did see this film? No. Hmm. This is uh, one I probably saw in high school. Uh, similar story to probably when I saw Goodfellas. I picked it up on DVD, later upgraded on Blu-ray. Yeah, what about you, Paul? Probably about the same. Just collecting Scorsese films and picked this one up and, and really enjoyed it then. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so let's get into this week's Oscar breakdown. This film got one nomination, and it got nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Sharon Stone. Rightfully. No, sorry, Best yeah. Lead Actress for Sharon oh, Stone. I was about to say, who she's supporting? I, I yeah. thought that, that I honestly don't understand why she's lead, but I mean, she's really good, so yeah, sure, give it to her. But she loses it to Susan Sarandon for Dead Man Walking. Okay. Now, now I'm sorry to like bring up this question on technicality. Is the best actress versus best lead actress determined by screen time, or I mean, she's the main, yeah, uh, I, actress in the movie? I guess I think a lot of time it just goes to wherever they want to campaign if they think they can get in that category. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, so she is the main female of the film. She, you follow her through most of the film. She does drive a lot of the story. Isn't she the only female in the film? <laughs> it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> um, uh, it drives a lot of the, she drives most of the story. And um, I, I don't think it's category fraud either way. Yeah. It just, I, as much as she, she doesn't get the, uh, the voiceover like Lorraine Braco does in, Goodfellas. Yeah. Mm. Joe Pesci takes that role in this one. So she just, in my mind, she always just kind of goes to more of a supporting role, but true. You, I think there's enough of a, enough of an argument that she is the lead actress of this film. Yeah. And that's the only nomination, huh? That's it. Yeah. That's why I don't know how it didn't squeeze into the best picture nomination. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. We'd said that on the last one, we could take out, Sense and Sensibility, which I think is a nice film, and we could take out uh, Braveheart and put this in its place. <laughs> Good lord. I'm not being a dick. I just don't think Brave... He gave it four stars, so, you know. I gave it four stars. I, I don't argue that it shouldn't be in the category. I just wouldn't be sad you if just it did. wasn't. You just said take it out. <laughs> I, I just said I wouldn't be sad if... Like, 
Yeah. It's the best movie in 1995, Paul. That's not called Babe or Apollo 13 or... Or Mortal Kombat. Dead, or 12 Monkeys. Yeah, 12 Monkeys or 7. Um, Stacked year. Yeah. Stacked year. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so let's dive into this. So, the you know, I'm just going to get the comment out of the way. The main complaint people that will ever have about this movie is it's quote unquote good fellas in the desert or whatever. I've seen that so many times. Dude, it's and, totally not. I and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. I don't see where that's a problem either. <laughs> I don't I, think it is though. I don't think it's uh, a problem. I think this and Goodfellas having such a similar feel to them makes them of a piece. Yeah. And it's one of those things where people really like to lob the Martin Scorsese only makes gangster pictures at him because they don't know anything about Scorsese. And the fact that these two came out within five years of each other and feel very similar. Mm-hmm. Well, really you, show- got, you got the same director, same writer, same lead actors. You know, I mean, I think the, the editing style and the, the, the narration and everything, the styles are they're They're like twin. They're like, sister sister films or whatever yeah um and i think as great as de niro and pesci are i i feel like maybe the movie wouldn't have got like held out of not that not that oscars mean that much to a film but i feel like if there were different lead actors maybe the film could have received more nominations uh Without the comparisons to Goodfellas or whatever. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't want to necessarily see the movie without De Niro and Pesci in it. So Yeah, and there's, and almost every scene that they have together, they're, they're just riffing. Yeah. Like, n- none of their dialogue is written when they're just together, which is right. wild to me. That is amazing. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's so much trust in your actors as scene partners mm-hmm. that they've been working together for 15 years and they're just that good. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't see where these two, those two films being of a piece is a problem. Because Didn't they nominate Godfather one and two. Yeah. Okay. So that argument already. Shoop, yeah. Eh, voided. And you know, yeah. and you know, then just a, just a devil's advocate on this. People are going to say, well, of course those are, those are sequels to each other. They should feel the same. Yeah. I mean, Casino is kind of a soft sequel to Goodfellas when you look at, the themes that they're looking at with yeah. the rise and fall of one human being who gets to the very top and then is brought down by his own hubris. Right. I don't see where them being of a piece is a problem. It's really not. Yeah. Especially when you have the two films that he directed in between them, in between them. Right. Right. So I just wanted to get that out of the way early and say, you know, I don't find it to be a problem other than them both being kind of, you know, inspired by true stories. It, I would like to think of them as existing in the same universe, but it's hard to with De Niro and Pesci in the, well, least, in the roles. But I mean, it's American capitalism. So what's it called? Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and that's kind of the difference between one and the other where, Goodfellas is about a man playing against the system. Yeah. And mm-hmm. coming out on top, whereas Casino is about a man playing inside the system. Yeah. Like, trying, to, trying to get, trying to go clean. 
yeah clean essentially being as clean as he possibly can in the life that he lives you know he's he's skimming profits and giving them to certain people but other than that right. he's doing everything above board oh, i was gonna say he got to or you know yeah. <laughs> it's off with his head um at this point it's become i don't know i'm obsessed with it and it's weird that i'm obsessed with it but i think it's because we've seen so many De Niro and scorsese mashups together but De Niro just continues to how a man can be such a fucking phenomenal actor and a dog shit kisser is beyond <laughs> me. God, dude, it is insane how horrible the kissing scenes are with this guy. Yeah. Either better than Mad Dog and Glory, at least, but not much. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But uh, Sharon Stone is absolutely amazing in this movie. And she- I. I've seen Dead Man Walking. Susan Sarandon's fine, and but I think I wouldn't have been mad with Sharon Stone winning an Oscar for this movie. Yeah, for sure. Well, she can't beat out Susan Sarandon in that role because I don't consider her a lead. So what's it called? And, and Susan Sarandon carries that movie. True. Uh, no disrespect yeah. to uh, Sean Penn, but she carries that movie, dude. Yeah. So what's it called? Absolutely. Sharon Stone doesn't carry this movie she's just as good yeah as pesci and de niro but you know she doesn't carry it to hold her own the way she does against just two absolute top of their game legends uh, yeah just yeah. phenomenal she is and and she doesn't have like an amazing track record up to this point and unfortunately yeah, right. because of that she's not really taken seriously after this point which is fucking wild to me like how how she's based against things before this right yeah okay so why wouldn't she be taken serious we're talking about two phenomenal performances right but it was all diminished to her uncrossing her legs and stuff and but she didn't do that in this paul derhoven i know but it, it painted her in a certain light and uh i don't know why she wasn't taken more seriously after this yeah she's phenomenal in this movie she 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 should have gotten every like top build part after the after just burning the screen down. Yeah. And she's like insanely gorgeous, right? And it's crazy yeah. her transformation from the beginning of the film to mm-hmm. just being coked out by the end. It's it's on the uh it's on the same level of um Ray Liotta's transformation where how cool he is in the beginning of the film versus how spazzed out he is at the end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 She phenomenal acting. Hollywood's such a weird place. Like, yeah. I love this I love movie it. though. Oh God. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. Definitely. Better I love than the Braveheart. I love the colors <laughs> in this. <laughs> the costumes are so good. I, how did not get a costume nomination? Yeah. No. How did it not get a production design nomination either? Cause I, I realize you're mostly working inside of Vegas itself, but the fact that everything just looks as good as it does on this screen is mm-hmm. beautiful. I enjoyed seeing um, James Woods get beat up. That was fun. Always, <laughs> always a pleasure. Isn't that always a pleasure? Yeah. Because fuck James Woods. These days, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when Casino came out, he wasn't crazy. Well, he wasn't crazy in that way. Ed. Was he, though? Could have been. That's fair. Maybe he just kept yeah. his. He didn't have Twitter yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> fair, fair. Um, and this is um, Scorsese's mom's last cameo, right? Yeah, before um, she passes. Okay. Yeah, and you know, and she she probably shoots this in like '94. She doesn't pass till '97, but yeah, she must be in declining health after this one. That and what's Scorsese's next after this? Kundun? Is it Kundun? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she is in that. Ninety-seven. No, she's not. Oh, okay. All right. I think she might have been out of place. She's the only white person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Dalai Lama's mom. I'll say this though about Scorsese's mom. Every time I see her, I just feel like she demands the room. You know what I mean? She's so she's so funny in this one too. Dude, she's so loud, and she's legitimately an Italian (laughs) stereotype. Woman right. for sure. God love her. Gotta love her. She's a she's snooky before snooky. <laughs> <laughs> minus, so uh, minus all the bronzer. <laughs> <laughs> one thing. I, one thing I will say: um, the car explosion does not yeah. age well. I was going to ask what what is the deal with that car explosion? Is it? <laughs> Especially at the beginning, right? I totally forgot they put him in there. Like, they blew him out of the car or whatever. And then at the end, that's not the case. But it don't look good. Yeah. They, <laughs> it did they not age that, well. They do that one frame, and then you could clearly see the dummy sitting in the car then, yes, at the beginning. Oh, it's so bad. It is yeah, so bad. and he's not even lined up right no. now. Yeah. I, I, I feel Marty and Thelma are such perfectionists that I, I wonder if it's like some sort of creative choice to represent something that doesn't really happen i also wonder if they got they're like we got one shot to blow this car up and that's right. just what they got they're like god damn it we had so much coverage how, yeah how i mean because they're sh- <laughs> they're shooting it from different angles yeah. i guess so maybe right. they just set that camera wrong or something <laughs> or maybe it just didn't look as bad in 1995 and 4k that's, tvs honestly really just I, ch- everything up. I chalk it up to it probably wasn't as horrible in 95 as we look at it mm. now. It still probably didn't look great, you know. <laughs> that, when you when you got a fantastic yeah. film like Braveheart, but um, you know, <laughs> five star film like Braveheart, good sir. Yeah, four stars. Got it. Four and a half. Mm-hmm. See, look right there. There we go. Linear <laughs> line right there on the way up. Nothing can stop me. I'm on the way up. That's right. Nothing can stop Wallace, <laughs> except getting his fucking head cut off. <laughs> yeah ah oh man casino's so good but now i don't even know what to say it's i love watching the little uh intricate parts of the day-to-day stuff i mean that makes it sound like boring but i mean there's yeah there's so much minutia in this film that yeah you you, you really get a, you really get to see how this thing works at like kind of a molecular level right and i love that they said that one of the hardest things that they had to do to shoot this movie was find guys to learn how to cheat at cards because uh, <laughs> like why why would i want to tell you that because i cheat at cards, I cheat at cards. that's what i do for right <laughs> yeah don't don't put my face on camera um but yeah there, there's so many quick uh edits and moving swiftly from one room to the next and you know the whispers behind what's going on the the big show of vegas and then everything that's just the money skimming and uh, mob bosses it's just so cool but terrible (laughs) but you just vibe with it yeah 
Looking back on it, do you guys have any nitpicks of the film? In hindsight now, you know, watching it in 2022. I really have a hard time finding any fault with this film. Like, I really do. Because like Zach said, this movie is more of a vibe than it is like a plot driven movie. Right. Mm -hmm. There's there's story, but there's not a plot. Just a couple of guys running shit in Vegas and things happen. (laughs) Things happen. One's a maniac. Yeah. And those things are wild and kind of cool. (laughs) Yeah. It's like anything I could think to criticize. uh, The film kind of handles in a way. It's, you know, Pesci's character, you're like, come on, dude, can't you just realize what a shit you're being? But then he finally has that moment in the restaurant where he's sitting on the steps. He's like, I fucked up. Okay. He gets it finally. A little too late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the narration from in bits where like Sharon Stone's character is leaving De Niro's character. And then she comes back and, you know, a lot of times you'd roll your eyes. It's like, oh, fuck toxic relationship. But you got his little narration bit that comes in. It's like, what could I do? I loved her. You know, I mean, he was a controlling shit, but he uh, he obviously cared about her and he ha- hated that she was on drugs and stuff. It's just, I was going to, so that's kind of, that's one of my two, I have two nitpicks and hindsight of it that I've never really felt like it until I watched the disco round. Um, I think there's a little too much narration versus Goodfellas where like, I never felt like that in Goodfellas where like the narration was too much. And that that could be just because Ray Liotta is just so good at narrating the movie, you know, versus, um, yeah, I just don't want to listen to Pesci narrate, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, and then I was going to say, and then Braco's kind of a, a reprieve from the life. Right, yeah. Right. Whereas, like, in this, it's De Niro. And then you get Pesci on top of De Niro, so it's just the life, the life, and the they life, go the back, life. like they'll, go, yeah, they just go back and it switches like sentence to sentence type thing. So they're like tag team in the narration, and it's a little too much sometimes. My absolute favorite thing that they do with the narration in this movie is that with Goodfellas, the narration goes up through the movie because the two of them survive. So you listen right. to these two narrating and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay. So I guess these two are going to survive. And then at the end, mid sentence, Joe Pesci's like, so we met these guys in a field. And then he gets hit with a bat in mid sentence in his narration. He's like, oh, we met these guys in a field. And, ah. <laughs> yeah, dude, and that scene was brutal. It is. His brother. That, that was a brutal scene. Watching, you know, watching that on my Blu-ray in high def, that, I mean that shit looks real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and apparently the uh the Joe Pesci that's starting to get buried alive in the grave was the animatronic. Dude, that's really? awesome. Yeah, I couldn't it, tell. They could have put looks- that in the car when the Nero got blown up. <laughs> 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 they did. It just looked way too much like one. Um No, I, I actually I was very impressed to learn that. I was like, oh wow. Yeah, I wow. had no idea. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was your second one, Trev? And the runtime, it probably was 30 minutes too long for me. I was like, okay, let's wrap this thing up. Um, hmm. versus what would good you cut, fellas. though? Huh? What would you cut, though? I don't know. I don't know what I would cut, but yeah, I'll say this. 
they spend like the first 30 minutes of the film setting up for the film. Yeah. Maybe that's where I would cut something if I was going to cut something. Maybe we don't need 30, 35 minutes of setup before okay. he really gets it rolling in Vegas and they introduce all the characters. Sure. Yeah, I was I was vibing with this film, so the, the runtime didn't. Yeah. I well, think this film's so watchable. I watched this and Braveheart back-to-back. And they're Ooh. both the same fucking runtime, like yeah. two hours and fifty eight minutes or whatever it is. They're that, the same runtime. I'm curious. Did you watch Braveheart first? I watched Braveheart second. Oh, okay, interesting. And that's why that's when I realized, man, Casino had a little bit too long of a runtime. I didn't feel like that when I watched Braveheart. Like I couldn't get enough. But yeah. that's watching Braveheart after Casino made me say, yeah, maybe three hours is a little too long for Casino. See, and I think they're both equally as watchable. It's just, I, I just vibe on Casino so yeah, much. But, and, but Goodfellas is a little over two, like 220. So it's like 40 minutes less, you know what yeah. I mean? And uh, yeah, I'm just bringing that up because uh, Goodfellas was his last gangster movie, right? Yeah, until until, until he Casino. Does, um, so he had a five-year okay. hiatus from doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think people say that about Scorsese because I've said it before too. Just because I don't think anybody does them better than Scorsese. All all respect to Godfather. But I just don't think anybody makes them better than Scorsese. So it's like, yeah, he's the guy. Because nobody can do it like he can do it. Yeah, Yeah. I I pretty much do agree with that. Even though the Godfather is her... I don't know. The Godfather is such different movies that they don't feel like gangster pictures yeah 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 Yeah. like they're not grimy like most gangster even like gangster pictures of the 30s and 40s are grimy as fuck right like the godfather's so refined and so like yeah 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 yeah. it's a class it's a classy gangster film (laughs) yeah so so (laughs) it's a family film yeah i was gonna say it almost feels more like 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 the machinations of political royalty kind of right yeah okay that's funny It's so weird. Those films are so weird. Yeah. No, on, honestly, it is. It's like artsy. Like, you know how there's artsy horror now? Where yeah. it's like, I'm not really into slashers. I like more of the artsy horror that make you think, you know? With, and, <laughs> you know, that's how, horror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how Godfather is, too. I, uh, I like uh, artsy gangster films like godfather no, I love me some grimy ass jallos films uh you like them <laughs> dolphins popping out of the <laughs> zach i've you've you've got to see just like the last like 10 minutes of the new texas chainsaw movie because there's just a moment where leatherface ends up in this pool for some reason they just introduce a pool yeah and as a jump in a building scare, in, in a, a building, building. <laughs> And as a jump scare, they just have Leatherface pop out of the pool like a fucking dolphin. It is so weird. Just like a dolphin, dude. For no reason, either. He just goes straight up out of the water. Like, I expect Jason James Richter to be standing there under him as he Uh, jumps. Yeah. No free will reference anyone. (laughs) I didn't remember that kid's name. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Nobody knows that fucking kid's name except Paul. <laughs> he was also in Never Ending Story 3. Come yeah. on. Oh, the worst uh, one. So is Jack Black, but we don't talk Jack about Black. that. 
Oh man. Okay, I'll watch just the last ten minutes of them, or I'll just watch that ten minute part of that. The, movie. the movie's terrible. There's no point in watching the rest of it. I promise. Oh, you. it's so bad. Anybody <laughs> saying anything different is just fucking jerking off to the fact that it's called Texas Chainsaw. It is fucking god awful. I'm, I'm one of those. I watch artsy horror film people. So <laughs> no, I don't. Honestly, after watching Texas Chainsaw, I don't blame you. <laughs> Between that and uh, Halloween Kills, ugh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ugh. Uh, they're the same movie. So they're exactly matter. the same movie. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. I, that It's just wild to me that this didn't get nominated for Best Picture, though. No. No. It, yeah. it, it should have. Big contender for Best Picture nom. Uh, I mean, De Niro and Pesci are incredible they don't get anything, um, you know, and those are, those are the kind of nominations where I'm not really sad that they don't get nominated. Me neither. To be honest yeah. with you. They, between them, they have three Academy Awards already. And De Niro's got enough nominations right. that, yeah. that them not, they could take a break on this one. Yeah. I just hope, you know, that not getting nominated. I don't know exactly how, I mean, the movie was a financial success. Uh, yeah. And that's usually where Marty, uh, not that he cares so much about the money. He just wants it to be a success and right. something he can stand by. So that's what the as, long as, as long as you're not feeling downgraded by not receiving the nominations, that's fine. There's no way that he's not feeling some type of way about not getting best director over some of these nominations that I'm yeah. looking at for best director. There's just, you gotta be feeling some type of way when, and I'm not trying to shit on anybody. I mean, because there's some really good movies there. Like, I love leaving Las Vegas. I think I'll I'll make a baseball analogy here. I mean, the everybody working on this movie is like, you know, the ace pitcher always throwing a, a great game. Right. But when you do it so much, I guess it just becomes an expected thing and yeah, nobody yeah. really talks about it. Right. Yeah. Um. It, something else I hate, too, is it's almost a guarantee whoever wins Best Picture is going to win Best Director. Like, it's almost a guarantee, it it's, feels like. It's like a 75% so it's like, what's the point? point? Then what's the, what's the point of it, then? Like, if you have a Best Picture winner that was a success and it won Best Picture, they're probably winning Best Director. So it's like, I just don't even understand what the point is sometimes. Yeah. And having some of these categories... I think, uh, you know, if it's winning these other categories, those are a lot of the reasons why it's winning Best Picture, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I really, I like this movie a lot. And um, it's one that, this is probably like my fourth or fifth watch, not not a lot, but mm -hmm. every few years, um, I have to go back and check it out. Yeah, that's more than me. This was my third watch, so... Okay. And, it's and more I had than, to go uh, back. I've seen it. I had to go back to '89 to find a a picture to, that didn't win director. Mm. Uh, Driving Miss Daisy, the film that directed itself, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just drove on through. Just jogged. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So yeah, um, yeah. There's probably be some time before I see this movie again. Three hour runtime. It'll probably be a hot minute before I watch Casino again. Yeah, but I do, I do really enjoy this movie. You know, and I, I don't, 
I don't tend to rewatch a lot of things, so. It- <laughs> At one point, I liked this movie more than Goodfellas. Hmm. I'm not sure I well, ever did, but I've always well, really liked this film. Guess At one we'll point get there I, in a second. Yeah, I was going to say, at one point, I liked this movie less than Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> that point is uh, before you start now. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, I guess we're going to our worsty judgments. Trap. Yeah. Where's this sitting on your Thursday's ranking? Oh, let me bring this uh, bad boy on up. So. Um, even though it's just a little too lengthy, I still gave it a five star. Um, this is Scorsese at his absolute best yet again. And the first time I watched this movie, I thought it was better than Goodfellas. But after doing this show and watching them both recently, somewhat within the same vicinity of each other. I have it sitting at my number two, just under Goodfellas. I think nice. I think the narration and the runtime really put it second for me over Goodfellas. And maybe Ray Liotta too. Maybe if they would have shoehorned Ray Liotta into this film somehow. You could shoehorn Ray Liotta into any in film. anything. <laughs> All so, right. Yeah. Zach. Zach. Where's the sitting on your Thursday's rankings? Okay. So I'm looking at my letterbox list, and you got the, the, the rows are four movies per row. And it's going on my top row in the fourth <laughs> spot. Nice. Fourth. So I got Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, and then Casino, which are all five-star movies for me. And um, I, I really... Don't buy into the Goodfellas in the desert, Goodfellas in the casino argument. But I do feel like Goodfellas had a little more, a little tighter grip, a little more shine, just a, just a little bit better all around. So, yeah. But number four, still five star, still incredible movie. Nice. About you, Mr. Workman. So, this is, I think, bringing up the rear of my five star. <laughs> you said rear. <laughs> of my five star. Uh, I, I think it's, it's loose and it's a, a real fun watch. I don't think it's as tight as a lot of his films. And it, that's kind of the charm of it for, for me. But at the same time, I have to note that as part of also its lack of appeal to others. So uh, this is going at my number eight. Okay. I'm putting it after the last waltz. Hmm. Wow. Seven. And, and mostly because I just like, I watched clips from the last waltz over and over again when I watched it. And hmm. I just really enjoy that film. Uh, I got it right on top of the age of innocence, which is just so good. What a good movie. You know, I read a, I read a meme not too long ago that was like the problem with Scorsese's filmography is that you're like, man, this film's a bona fide classic and it's like at my number eight. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like how, how can this man have so many fucking home runs the way he does? And, 
and he's not even like I have it at eight, and he's not even done having home runs for me. Right. I'll say this. I think Martin Scorsese and Ridley Scott are the only two directors that people will be like, these are some of the best films in film history. And then on the same sentence, be like, these other films are complete ass. Where like Martin has a, like, I know people say that about Shutter Island when I love Shutter Island, but mm. it's not received well. Like a lot of people shit on that movie. They think it sucks. We'll we'll get there. Yeah. So what's it called? I really think those are the only two directors I can think of where they are all the way over here and then all the way over here sometimes. And you know, it's it's pretty crazy. Ridley's Ridley's really bad with it. Ridley's got some bad ones. But you know what? And you want to know why I think these are the only two directors that have that? Because they're not afraid to get out of the box yeah, and do and something else. Romance. Ridley Scott shouldn't be doing romance movies, but he that's does. That's one of the things I really like about Ridley Scott. That yeah. Ridley Scott's like, he'll I do really it. just want to do something else. <laughs> he'll fucking yeah. do it. And, and it's bad. Just, it's yeah. not good. <laughs> and it might suck, it. but at least it's like, this is watchable. Yeah, at least it, yeah. it's not like James Cameron, where James Cameron does his thing and he stays in that box and it's good, but he doesn't move outside of it. Martin and Ridley Scott, they're like, fuck it. We're doing it all. And what happens, happens. Yeah. yeah. I respect it. Really, the only other third person I might think of is Coppola, maybe. I know you love Jack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Coppola's. Yeah, that's Coppola's another one, too. Weird just because I love Jack, I can, I can recognize not a whole lot of people do. So. A, a huge problem with Coppola is that, like, almost once he turns, he stays, like, in a fucking pit for a long right. time. <laughs> and then he'll do one to kind of bring him out of the pit. You're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Coppola rules in the next five or just, like... What the fuck are we doing now? Now he's going to uh, self-finance a $120 million movie or something. I'm so, yeah. He sold his winery. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> God. But and like, Mar- I, I haven't even seen like his last three movies because... I, just, <laughs> I don't know, man. We, I was going to say, Martin's got some really good shit coming out within the next two to three years. Too, that yeah. I'm really, and same with Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott's got a couple coming out and he's got a show right now too that's the other thing too like these guys do television shows and stuff too i mean we've reviewed them on here like yeah and these guys ain't scared no and they're not they're not afraid to play in other mediums okay so uh did we mention that uh nicholas pledgy wrote this also he it's trap yeah trap said that i just mentioned it was, mentioned it was as... like this pretty much the same right. cast as goodfellas yeah. minus ray liotta not Gotcha. And then yeah. sw- switching out the women, the the lead women. But yeah, what's it yeah. called? Uh, I guess that's where the comparison comes comes from. Just because it's good. same feel, same directing style, same editing, same director, yeah. same writer. I mean, sure. Yeah. But I don't compare the two personally because they're to me they're two completely different movies telling two completely different stories. Right. That share characteristics, sure, but. I'm hard pressed to find name one movie and there's 10 other fucking movies just like it. You know what I mean? And that's just film. Yeah. And you know, it's one of those things. Goodfellas comes out and creates this wave of gangster pictures that get green light in its way, green lit in its wake. So Martin Scorsese just rides his own trend. 
Yeah. Because yeah. why not? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> I also like that, you know, looking at uh, Barbara Dufina producing these movies, even after her and, you know, Scorsese are, um, are split. Right. Split. And, and, divorced, and, and that's. He's dating Elena Douglas at this point. Yeah. And I, I think that's cool. I think it's cool that they can have this working relationship. and Yeah. And yeah. the fact that this, uh, this one is, I think, the first film that goes under his, like, sub-production banner under Barbara Dafina's production company. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, God, what's it called? Like, Dafina Casa or something like that? Dafina Kappa. Kappa. There you go. There you Kappa, go. Kappa, Kappa, hey! Mm-hmm. Uh, they only, he only produces a few films under that banner but you know he's been producing since 90 now uh, all, yeah. all all with barbara defina too right nice. all right so i guess we'll call it there uh trav let people know where they can find you on the media's social yeah that's right you can find me on the instagram at zk audio you can also find me on the twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-C-K, where I'm also on Letterboxd ranking and rating my daily movie watches, and I watched a lot of shit this week. But <laughs> one notably, uh, I watched Crimson Peak. Ooh, and, hell yeah. Dude, they're both, She's, Jessica Chastain is so f- fucking good in this movie i don't think she's great in everything i think she's a great actress but she's not great in everything this movie though just absolutely killed this role so believable are you just doing a bunch of del toro because i I am yeah yeah i start i started a new uh del toro ranking on my letterbox list so i watched that shape of water Hellboy, mimic mimic's terrible though i love mimic (laughs) I I might love Mimic if I saw it as a kid in the '90s, but watching it now, yeah, watching it as a, that whole that whole story and plot is terrible. Have it you terrible. have you watched any of his any of his Spanish stuff yet? N- no, no, because you got some criterions over there. Yes, of course I do. <laughs> go, go, go. This one right here, Devil's Backbone. Oh yeah, it's on uh, the list though. This is one of the greatest films ever made. It's not. I don't think it's on streaming on anything though. Here it's number six six six. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I Great. love that. Also, Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth is my favorite film of two thousand six. Give so a good. spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So well, it should be everybody. So it's no surprise. Yeah, you're not wrong. Incredible. All right. Zach, where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, Letterboxd by searching my name. I watched one other non-movie, uh, a non-podcast movie. Well, it was kind of a podcast movie. I finally got to watch the first of the Three Colors trilogy. I watched Blue, which is... Nice. Uh, very sad. Very I wanna sad. Watch, yeah, I want to watch this. The... I'm looking forward to watching white and red. So there you go. That's the same thing I got, but it it, it was one of those movies. I watched that and drive my car recently that have just kind of put me in. I I enjoy the pain. Did you ever watch Macbeth that you said you were going to watch this weekend? A couple Uh, weeks ago. I I rented (laughs) the episode. (laughs) Maybe I'll watch it this weekend. 
I want. <laughs> don't uh, hold your breath. People. It's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I've got so many things I want to watch. Oh, tonight I also watched Clean, and Adam oh. Brody is so good, but that movie is so bad. <laughs> that movie sucks. Uh, I have a soft spot for it. Yeah. Paul, where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where, of course, I am doing running tally of all the films that I watch. <sighs> okay, I didn't watch as much as I wanted to this week, but I did watch some interesting stuff. So uh, let me give you some highlights of the weird things I watched this week because yeah, let's do uh, that. I already talked Texas Chainsaw on this episode. Uh, watched The Sky is Everywhere on Apple TV. Check I, that out. That's a really interesting film. Is that the, uh, is it singing? Yeah, there's music in it, but it's just, it's kind of just a sweet YA film. I saw the trailer and I was like, oh God, I, I'm going to be balling. I'll, I'll wait to watch that it's, one. It's, yeah. it's going to hit you. It's yeah. really good. <laughs> uh, I watched uh, Pursuit, the new Emil Hirsch. Oh yeah, that John, looks John Cusack too. film. But I can't awful. wait to watch it. Just <laughs> awful. <laughs> Cusack looking creamy. Rare creamy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I watched uh, j- today. I watched No Exit, the brand new film on Hulu. Yeah, I was gonna watch it after this, but I am too tired. It's interesting. It's like, an interesting cast. It starts out really, really slow. It's to the point where, like, forty minutes into the movie, I had to pause it to get up and go somewhere. And I looked at the runtime. I was like, there's still 50 minutes of this thing. How could this sustain 50 more minutes? And then they sustained 50 more minutes in a really weird way. And I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, so if, it, if, the, if the beginning would have been as tight and as fast as what happens in the last 50 minutes, I think it would have been a much better film. Uh, and then finally, I watched Noah's Shark. Yeah. Who <laughs> 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 boy. I also got to watch about half of Sharks in the Corn, Sharks of the Corn, uh, just because of scheduling. I haven't been able to get back to it yet because me and Joe Tappy were watching it together. Who boy, man, those are fun. Well, nice. It sounds like it's better than uh, the, these Children of the Corn movies because you know they're rebooting that bad boy up again. Oh, Why? When I was living in the Quad Cities, they shot the last Children of the Corn film nice. there. Yeah. The, Wow. The sequel to the re to the reboot of it. Oh yeah. God, it is <laughs> god <Yay>. awful. <laughs> so that's that's what I've been up to. Also, uh with no exit, I would really like to see this trend of thrillers with nail guns continue. Ooh. Oh yeah, bringing it back. Because Kimmy had one, no exit had one, so let's just keep that going. And and nice. so did Happy Gilmore. So let's get it going. <laughs> I saw uh, a TikTok video yesterday of some uh, like a Private Eye was trying to investigate some guy who's like on a work site and the the drone like flies down over him and the guy turns around, flips up with his nail gun, nails the drone right in the <laughs> oh, in yeah. the in the camera. It's pretty sweet. But that guy's probably a douchebag, so <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well that's our show. Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week we are watching Grace of My Heart, a Marty produced film you can rent on Google. Voodoo and YouTube. Ooh, Trav. Yeah, we always we always start by thanking you for producing our show. Oh, stop it! Yes, producer extraordinaire, Mm -hmm. Mister Music Man. Indeed. (laughs) Much much like Hugh Jack, Huge Ackman himself. You are Mm -hmm. the Music Man. That's right. Um, 
we would also like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue. Bellevue. I cannot fucking talk. I'm so tired. For our beautiful artwork, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscar Worcester Pod and on Facebook at The Oscar Worcester Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. You fucked my wife? This time you did. <laughs> this time you did. <laughs> this time you did. So, for Trav, Zach, and uh, Don Rickles, who we didn't talk about. Oh, Mr. Potato so, Head. I, I, thought you were, I thought you were going to say the kid from fucking Free Willy. I already forgot his <laughs> Jason name James Richter. No, we're going to stick with Don Rickles. Don Rickles. Dude. Took that phone to the head like a champ. Yep. And, oh, did. Kevin Pollack and all the other stand-up comedians that just had roles in this movie. What the hell? Yeah. Uh, we would like for you all to have a damn fine day. Bye.